brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm Scott Sands. Shaggy and Dan are here, and we're joined by Michael Beschlosh. Uh, Michael is the author of nine books on presidential history, including uh, Presidents of War. The epic story from 1807 to modern times. It's a fascinating look at at who has been in charge and leading our country in times of crisis. Michael, good afternoon. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I think your book is 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 important uh, for all of us to look and understand uh, where uh, other presidents have been uh, in the situations they have faced and how they emerged and uh, the United States emerged from those those times of crisis as we look at some of the, the issues President Trump is facing today. Uh, how many presidents have actually led our country in times of war, actual war? Well, that's the whole thing, Scott. What the book is about, it's, it's really almost biography. It's eight or nine presidents. Only eight or nine people in the whole history of the United States have had this experience of sending large numbers of young Americans into war, into major wars, in harm's way. So what I was really interested in is, what are these people like? What do they have in common? And one thing I found is that every single one of them, all eight or nine from uh, James Madison all the way up to Lyndon Johnson, they all got more religious. Lincoln said late in the Civil War, he read the Bible, and an old friend of his said, I can't believe you're reading the Bible. I thought you were an agnostic or a skeptic. And Lincoln said, I can't imagine how any president could go through the trauma of waging a major war without turning to religion or some sort of spiritual comfort. You uh, you look at these specific eight presidents, uh, but every president, I, I believe, at some point in their administration has had to send young men and women into battle of some sort. I mean, you, you don't exactly examine Bill Clinton in, in uh, Somalia uh, or George Bush in, in Afghanistan. Uh, but those were certainly warlike situations. You look primarily at, at President Madison in the War of 1812, Lincoln in the Civil War, Wilson in World War One, and Roosevelt in World War II, uh, Truman with the Korean War, and Johnson with the Vietnam War. Those were, were really some of the, 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 the times of crisis our country has faced that, that uh, milestones, if you will, in, a, in American history. Yeah, the biggest wars in American history, and that's what I wrote about, and one of the things is that here we are nowadays, a modern president can take us single-handedly into war almost overnight. That wasn't true for most of American history, because if you read the Constitution, the founders said Congress has to declare war, not a president. Yet the last time that Congress declared war was 1942, and we've had a couple of wars since then. So a lot, uh, a lot depends on the character and judgment of the person who is president of the United States. Americans, generally speaking, and correct me if I'm wrong, have a fond recollection, a fond memory of, of presidents who led this country in times of war. Uh, because America, with a couple of things that you could argue more recently, generally we win wars. And just like coaches of an NFL football team who win games, they're generally admired. Uh, is, is that 
Is that admiration uh, misspent in some of these cases? That is a temptation for presidents because presidents sometimes notice the fact that a lot of the presidents we see as great were people who were involved in wars, a Lincoln or an FDR. And one thing I write about is that a number of times we've had presidents who led us under wars over fake incidents that they created to get the American people to support it. For instance, James Pope back in the 1840s, he created a fake incident at the Mexican border, claimed that Americans had been attacked by Mexicans, and he went to Congress and he said, we need a war to Mexico, with Mexico all the way down to Mexico City. Turns out that skirmish really didn't happen that way. But the result of the war was a good thing, which was we got almost a million square miles of land from Mexico, made us for the first time a nation that went all the way from the Atlantic to the Pacific, or the sinking of the Maine in Havana Harbor, 1898. William McKinley went to Congress and said, Spanish sunk the Maine, let's have a big war against Spain. Problem is, we now know that the Maine was actually sunk by a boiler accident, not Spain. But the one at least some people remember nowadays is Gulf of Tonkin, 1964, LBJ goes on TV and says, there's been an unprovoked attack. I want Congress to give me a resolution to use armed force against North Vietnam. And only a couple weeks later, Johnson privately learned that there was no such attack. Yet, he and Richard Nixon waged the whole of the Vietnam War, which killed almost 60,000 Americans on the basis of congressional resolution based on an incident that really never happened. And I, I actually watched a pretty fascinating documentary on the History Channel uh, a few days ago uh, that explored how Richard Nixon actually sabotaged uh, the peace process in Vietnam in order to win the election. Right, which I tell the story of. In 1968, LBJ was on the verge of getting peace talks that were successful. Nixon went to the South Vietnamese and said, don't participate, you'll get a better deal if I'm elected. And very possibly we lost a chance for peace that could have saved the lives of maybe 25,000 Americans. And there are great presidents in wartime, Abraham Lincoln or Franklin Roosevelt for the most part, although there were big mistakes, like the internment by Roosevelt of the Japanese Americans sent them to internment camps. But the one thing that is very important is our American soldiers all the way through have been uniformly heroic best troops on earth always in history. What I'm just saying is I want the same quality of leadership out of our presidents that we get out of our troops. Well, you, you mentioned the Gulf of Tonkin resolution, which passed uh, unanimously, four, uh, 414 uh, to nothing, and, and then passed the Senate with only a couple of dissenting votes. Sure. Uh, right. uh, is, is that is it is that important today that, that Congress maintained the the uh, war powers, or or should a president be able to enact uh, military action uh, unilaterally? Well, I would never say, you know, if a Russian missile is flying over the North Pole, or if, God forbid, there's a terrorist attack or a cyber attack, I would never say you should go to Congress and have two weeks doing a debate on whether to respond or not. But if there's a war of choice, if there is a major war that a president wants to do, I think under the Constitution, he should go to Congress and get a war declaration because, you know, look at something like Iraq and Afghanistan. All George W. Bush did, and Bill Clinton would have done the same thing, was asked for a resolution to use uh, force in those areas, and we saw what the problem is. 
you, know, you have people vote for the resolution. Then if there's a war and the war gets to be unpopular, you have these members of Congress saying, well, I voted for the resolution, but I had no idea that the <laughs> president was going to go to war or that it wouldn't work, and they weasel away. My point is, if you were sending young Americans into harm's way, they deserve to have the support of president and Congress and a united American people. And if that does not exist, that war should not be begun. You write uh, about President Truman setting the precedent uh, to, to engage in a, a military conflict without a uh, declaration of war from Congress with, with uh, the start of the Korean War. Yeah, he opened the door because in, in 1964, Johnson was asked by his aides, why don't you go to Congress for a war declaration against North Vietnam? And Johnson said, Truman didn't do it, so I don't have to either. And, and I think we're seeing a lot of the same thing now. And, and in fact, there's been talk over the last five years about what to do in Syria. And I, I don't think that we'll see a congressional declaration of war in, in Syria to battle ISIS. Uh, but it, it's certainly something where, where military action is needed. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, you know, if we are sending our young people into harm's way, they deserve to have the support of everyone. And if, and if the war begins and it's half-hearted and Congress isn't really for it and Americans aren't particularly for it or they might not understand it or in some cases not even be aware of it, that's just unfair to the troops because... They're never going to be able to fight as successfully and safely as they will if there's a united war effort. Michael Beschloss, uh, the uh, book is Presidents of War. Michael, is the point of this book to, to show and to, to point out that, that no single person in the United States of America should have uh, this much power, should have the, the power of war? Should that lie? Uh, it, it seems to me like, uh, like that's uh, the danger of having uh, a powerful chief executive. You're absolutely right, and that's what the founders would say if they came back. The problem is that the founders did not know that there would be nuclear weapons, and they didn't know that there would be cyber attacks, and they didn't know that there would be terrorist attacks. So the only answer there is make sure that you elect someone that you were 110% happy with as president, because the most important thing that that president will do is send young people into harm's way. The, the danger in, in uh, giving that power to Congress is that presidents are not above misleading Congress. We saw that from uh, with President Madison in the War of 1812 to uh, the war in Iraq with, uh, the, with, the, with the mistaken uh, belief that, that Iraq uh, maintained chemical weapons. That's exactly right. And presidents, I'm sorry to report, you know, through history have lied sometimes. And that, that's the worst in, in presidential leadership. And that does go back all the way to early American America. At the same time, you know, you see someone like Lincoln who waged the Civil War, you know, did some things wrong. It took him a while to learn to be a commander-in-chief because he had not had that experience. Yet, Lincoln was the one who said so well, this is a war to combat slavery. And once he began saying that, it made him a stronger military leader because people felt that they were dying for a cause. And Franklin Roosevelt followed that example when he got the United States into World War II because he said, this is not just a war to restore a balance of power in Europe. This is a, a war to try to bring the four freedoms, you know, freedom from want, freedom from religion, and so on, to people around the globe. And that made it a moral cause. And 
You go through American history, the most effective war presidents have been those who were able to fight war on a moral plane. Presidents of War is obviously historical and very uh, fact-based, but I want to ask your opinion, Michael. Who was our best wartime president, and you can't answer Abraham Lincoln? Well, but Scott, I have to answer Abraham Lincoln. I grew up in Illinois. I got into this business of writing presidential history from going to Lincoln's house. In fact, have you ever been there? I I have not. I I have not, but I've seen some glorious pictures. I know you're a big history reader. You know, I would recommend it to anyone. I went there when I was a kid. I was seven years old. Asked the guide, "What did Lincoln do when his kids behaved badly?" And the guide said. Lincoln didn't believe in discipline. I heard that, and Lincoln was the man for me. It had a lot to do with my getting into this line of work. All right, so, so I recommend it to everyone listening. All right, so uh, who was our worst wartime president, and you can't answer Johnson? Uh, okay, then I would answer James Polk. Uh, I would have answered, answered Johnson for all the obvious reasons. Polk was a liar and a scoundrel and a bully. He lied to his Secretary of State. He lied to Congress, lied to the American people, did all those things. And the other motive he had in fighting the Mexican-American War was not just to get all that land I talked about. He wanted this to be a slave nation from Atlantic to Pacific, and that's what he was after. So I would say that made him a bad war president. The book is Presidents of War, the epic story from 1807 to modern times by Michael Beschloss. Michael, thanks for your time. It's been an interesting conversation. Enjoyed it so much. Thank you for having me, Scott.